up, guys? Welcome to episode 32 of the Go Figure podcast. Of course, it's always powered by the My Figures money app that helps entrepreneurs get their money right. Ex- exciting, exciting things going on there and announcements uh, will be forthcoming about that platform that serves entrepreneurs and helps them you know, in so many aspects of managing money, cash flow, uh, budgets, and, and really everything you need to actually be profitable and create a seven figures business, which 93% of business owners will never do. And so we want to help you get in there. Speaking of business owners, our money topic today is going to be small business financing trends to watch in 2023. It's been uh, obviously a weird last uh, three, four years. There's been a lot of benefits, a lot of uh, pros that have kind of come with some of the uh, wackiness that we've seen in the marketplace from the government, from the pandemic, et cetera. But things are coming to an head and uh, definitely changing in 2023. So having a business funding advocate is going to you know, kind of help you. And that's what we're here to do and serve you, whether you're in business finance yourself or you're a business owner looking to grow. So that's our money topic. What else we got going, Ty? Yeah, our freedom topic, which this is this is going to be a fun one, Leo. Um, we're going to talk about freedom of speech, not reach, and mm. what Twitter is doing to make us all a little bit more free when it comes to speaking our mind. Very cool, very cool. And then uh, what do we got going on in uh, sports? There's yeah. obviously a lot of different things going on. I had a few ideas, but what, what, you know, what's here, on your Here's mind? what I want to talk about, Leo, because, yeah, we've got the draft. Yeah. We've got it NBA playoffs. We've got... Uh, Hockey. One of our one of our reps is down there watching yeah. the Knights try and close things out this uh, this evening. But I want to give a, a little bit of props to Danny Ainge coming in, just completely deconstructing what the Jazz have been building, the Utah Jazz have been building over the last five six years. And then you know what? We're through the first round, just about through the first round of the NBA playoffs, and every single person from the Jazz that he ultimately just let walk. Guess what? They all won? First round exit. Oh, wait a second. Never do in Utah. So Get we're going to okay. talk about some of those names and give Danny Ainge some props. Oh, that that is fascinating. Because either you've got a winning formula and you've got a group of winners, or you don't. Yeah. And some of these guys had good regular seasons. And, boy, the Jazz had a lot of years of good regular seasons, but no results in the playoffs. Boy, we were awfully disappointed, you know, sitting uh, at some of those games. Very, very sad. Yep. All right, and then our, our final topic here, we'll jump right into the mastery section, and that's what's going on with business credit and some of these business credit bureaus. A lot of business owners don't even know their business has a credit score. What? My business has a credit score. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on there, what you can do to kind of protect your business credit and how you can be proactive about managing it, et cetera, et cetera. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. 
So that's what we got in store for you guys today. And we are looking to kind of shorten these episodes a little bit, maybe knock them out in 30 minutes instead of 60. So that's what we're looking to do. We're going to be trying that format out for the uh, next little bit. And of course, if you enjoy some of the uh, the short segments where they're the 60-second you know, YouTube shorts, and, and of course, those are going around on all the social media platforms. Those will keep on coming rapid fire. Thanks to our amazing editor, Casey, and all the work that he puts in. But let's jump right into this article here. This is Small Business Financing Trends to Watch. This is at uh, Business News Daily, it looks like, is the website address there. Business businessnewsdaily.com. There we go. So a few questions asked, is a recession coming and how long will it last? There was technically a recession last year and then things started to look better. Today, the GDP numbers came in, so the economy slowed down. It was closer to 1% growth instead of the 2% plus that the last two quarters had brought us in at the end of 2022. So the first two quarters of 2022, they were, they were negative. And then quarter three and four were very positive. Um, I think around uh, three and, and two and a half percent. And so the expectation was, ah, it's going to slow a little bit this quarter, maybe to two, but it was much closer to one percent. So basically, this article is saying, number one, a recession is likely with inflammation, in, inflation <laughs> at uh, unsustainable levels. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. We know this. Mary... Tudikian, that's quite a cute name, is a mortgage broker with When Your Mortgage Matters, believes the Fed will go too far and won't know for sure we're in a recession until two months into it. That means she thinks they're going to keep on raising interest rates and there's kind of a lag time and then that'll that'll hurt business, that'll hurt sales, things will slow down. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, business lending is tightening up. Ty, you and I are in the trenches every single day and uh, working with small business owners who are needing financing and funding. What are we seeing in small business uh, lending trends right now, maybe that uh, is a little bit different or maybe more difficult than it was a year ago? You know, what's kind of interesting, Leo, what I'm seeing here lately is that more money is actually being dispersed. They're just getting pickier with their underwriting. We kind of talked about ah, this on Tuesday. Um, that's why it's really, really important. You have super buttoned up files, but the money's still there. The money's still flowing. They're still putting money out into businesses like crazy, but they're getting a little bit pickier about who they're lending to. So it's, it's not a, a money issue. It's a matter of making sure that you are really ready to go for financing and understanding that maybe a recession is looming and, and the time to get money is well before you need it. I think that's a really good point, Ty. Even during the recession of 08, 09, in, in 2009 and 10, I was still able to get people access to money and capital. And exactly what you're saying, but I made sure they had really tip-top credit profiles. Their businesses looked great. And it's just what we do every day serving business owners. Like It's kind of like window dressing. Like You've got to make sure you take the steps. Before you go ask for money, you need to have the best presentation possible. And that's everything from your business and credit profile. And so if you do put that together, but guess what happens during a recession, a slowdown, uncertainty, all of a sudden your credit card balances go up, your credit score goes down, the business bank account doesn't look quite as strong as it did, all that money that the government handed out, well, that stopped being handing, handed out. You don't look as good to a lender. And so it's it's not necessarily that things even tighten. It's just like, well, people, you've really got to look good if you're going to apply for money. Number three, interest rates are increasing. We've all seen that. Mortgage rates have gone up. Car loan rates have gone up. Now, the, the first few months of this year, it seems like we did see a bit of a pullback. 
um, with those rates, but uh, they're not, you know, not taking a nosedive by any means. They're still a lot higher than they were over the last few, several years. Yeah, I almost, I don't know if I want to dive into this, but but ultimately I, I wonder if there's some sort of aspect of we've got to keep these high, we've got to keep these high, we've got to keep these high so that our current president can come in and be a hero right before the election and drop the rates drastically so that it's, I, I can't think of a better way to campaign it's a really than, good point. than really just abruptly dropping the interest rates. And and then changing things and, oh, there might be a little bit of inflation that comes back, but hope, so yeah, probably the plan is if you're a government, if you're a an administration in the White House, you want what every administration wants in their first term to have a second term. And uh, even if you're a, uh, you know, kind of a zombie president, uh, not really there, but other people are managing, uh, you know, the, the workshops uh, in the country for you, then that's a good strategy, right? If you were, if you were working in that administration, and you want to keep your job for four more years, then you would, uh, hey, let's keep these rates high, let's see things slow down. And then in 2024, maybe the second quarter or so, we start to lower rates, things pick up, and oh, everything is turning around. It's a win-win-win right before. That's a good strategy. And if you don't win strategy. the election and, and the other party wins it, well, guess what? Now, now they're the ones that's stuck with the inflation that's looming because of the lowered interest rate. So I, I almost wonder if that's why we do see a lot of this movement traditionally around election time. Guys, regardless of where you fall in the political spectrum, you have to admit the Democrats have a better strategy. I mean, for the first two years of the Biden administration and everything to go the way it was, like there was this big, oh, it's going to be a big red wave, right? All these Republicans are going to win. And that didn't happen except in the state of Florida. Everywhere else, it didn't happen. And so you have to tip your hat and say, wow, for things to be as bad as they were with inflation out of control, you know, the Afghanistan thing, the the war, all the different things going on that aren't necessarily positive or helping America, and to still be able to keep a lot of those seats, like, you just got to say, they've got better strategists out there that are getting things done, and the Republicans are not very good at having a, a message that resonates with enough of the population, and there's certainly changes going on there. And, I mean, look yeah. at it like this, Leo. If it, I know a lot of people that could really benefit from this. A lot of people that think it's silly. Again, I'm not going to get into my opinion, but if you're running for president and your big thing is I'm going to forgive student loan and people with shitty credit are going to get better interest oh rates boy. than those with good credit, well, guess what? You're talking to a very, very, very large percent of the population. Yeah. And so I... Yeah. I and, and we were talking about this last episode, that uh, Biden administration idea of, hey, let's uh, put extra fees on people with good credit and with people with bad credit, we're going to have discounts. And so basically you're going to subsidize the people with better credit are going to pay more so that the people with lower credit can you know still benefit and that's just crazy that's that's not how this country was built if we keep on living this participation uh, trophy ideology mentality in this country it's going to damage everything and and uh, we certainly don't want to see that happen so y'all need to you know you need to post about this you need to talk about this you need to go to your school board meetings and make sure that at the at, at the youth level that we get away from participation trophies that people are held accountable that we reward meritocracy instead of bullshit because that's the only way that things are going to continue will continue to be the best country in the world and if you think participation trophies are going to win you you know in the competition of the economy and other competitions that could get very ugly with china you know people are going to be very disappointed in that uh oh here's here's the next thing this article says there are limited government programs for small businesses there's actually been a number of programs for small businesses, but historically over the last decade, 
Uh, the government hasn't done a great job of providing opportunities, but I feel like they've really stepped up in the last three years, and there's been more opportunities than ever for small businesses to access money through government programs. Um, SBA is has always traditionally been difficult, but there, if you're an established business, uh, SBA has gotten a little bit easier. They've got that SBA Bolt program. We've helped a lot of people with that program, and so that's something to look at. But if you're a new business, SBA is not going to be your friend. That's where you're going to need creative financing if you're a new business. Let's see. We got uh, two more points here. Tech plays a critical role in managing finances. If you're not using a fintech um, application to help you manage your business profitably and, and know where you're spending your money and how you're doing, are you winning or are you losing? Like I remember, you know, the business we were a part of years ago, we never knew if we were winning or losing. And point of fact, we were losing because we had no idea where our money was at, where we were at. That's why we built the uh, My Figures uh, membership to help small business owners manage their money, get it right. So you need to use technology. And if you're not using technology and these uh, different uh, machine learning uh, algorithms to help you be better with your business, then you're going to lose to all the people that are. And the last one is small business uh, economic and financing changes are coming. What do we think they are? I mean, they're just kind of guessing here. If you're going to guess, what what do you think would uh, would be some of the trends or changes? You know, I I, I think that you're just going to see more regulation. I, I think you, you're going to look at the SVB yeah. thing as a big example, and there's going to be regulation on how you can lend money and, and how you have to have a diversified profile or portfolio of who you're lending money to. I see that coming. I, you know, I definitely don't see as much doom and gloom here in the near future as that article is saying. I, I think maybe that article was trying to really encourage everyone to get a HELOC right now before things get worse, which probably is not a bad idea. You know, you can always yeah, go, you want to have access. Yeah, exactly. I, I talked to a client to, it was earlier this morning saying, you know, I, I need money. I didn't get it a year ago when I had the option to get a, a home equity loan at this rate, and that would be this expensive. And that's why we continue to preach. We, it's way better to have the money and not need it than vice versa. So I think it's good to go out there and, and get it while it's available. If anything, my take, Lee, was maybe just a little more regulation. Yeah, for sure. More regulation. And especially if the Biden administration gets a second term, you'll see even more regulation uh, that will come to business. And so we're all just going to have to uh, adjust to that. And hopefully, you know, as business owners, we, we focus on electing people who are going to support business owners because the big guys uh, out there, the, the Facebooks, the, the Metas, uh, all of the uh, Apple Samsung, all those big, huge companies, they're going to be just fine. They've got uh, bureaucratic uh, people in Washington. They've got lobbyists. They'll take care of themselves with regulation. But it's a small business owner that gets hurt because they don't have the extra time and money to pay for attorneys for extra regulation. So I will say this. I, I do think we are going to see in the very near future a lot of people starting to default on that EIDL. I, I think oh, that money was handed yeah. out like candy way too easily. People yeah. that didn't need it, didn't deserve it, didn't understand the repercussions of it. I think we're going to see a lot of business owners start to default on the EIDL and think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's the government. But they, Oh, they'll come after you. Yeah. You signed that loan in blood. They'll come after your house. They'll come after you know, every asset that you've got, and they will take it. So yeah. keep that in mind, guys. you got to be generating uh, profits and income to pay those loans back, and hopefully you have them backed with uh, with a business that's moving forward or assets that uh, are maintaining their value. All right, our freedom topic, a very quick one, uh, Twitter. Ty, did you use Twitter before Elon Musk bought it very much? No, not at all. I mean, I, I just kind of had automatic posts going on, but uh, since Elon bought it, like it just, just even like the look and feel of it just 
feels more fun. And uh, I've enjoyed it. I know one of the big problems of Twitter before that uh, the you know was in the media that a lot of the accounts were fake accounts, you know, bot accounts that were just posting, or they would just sort of create uh, you know different uh, disagreements about different tweets and, and topics. And Elon has really made a push to make it uh, much more transparent. It was never transparent. Now he's like, here's how it works. How here's how the algorithm works. And then, uh, you know, with the blue check mark, they're actually verifying that you are who you say you are. And you're seeing some of these celebrities that are throwing a fit like, I'm not paying for my blue check mark. This is bullshit. So uh, are you going to pay for the blue check mark? If I, if I ever have that many people interested in me, Leo, I would, <laughs> I'd pay for the blue check mark, of course. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and out of all of our social media, honestly, I'd say Twitter's our, our weakest. We're pretty good on LinkedIn. We're making good progress on, on YouTube. We've got Facebook groups with thousands of people. We've got Instagram accounts with thousands and thousands of followers. But Twitter is definitely the, the weak spot. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm yeah. going to experiment with it. We'll, we'll try out the, that blue check mark, and, and it is supposed to provide uh, benefits to you if you do it. But, you know, just hats off for someone who, who's trying to make things better and uh, freedom of speech. And now if you're a blue check mark, you can actually do, um, you know, pretty long posts. Uh, I just saw that uh, as well. So, so he's just trying to mix things up, and he's encouraging people to, you know, pay eight bucks a month, which isn't going to break the bank. And if you're any someone who's trying to do something and build a business, then I think that's eight dollars that's uh, well spent. And again, it just seems like a more exciting application, especially if you're in business than it was previously. Yeah, I wonder if it's a good time to maybe invest a little money in Twitter. Um, I got oh, that's true. You can now verify your uh, Instagram as well. So look at that. Elon is starting uh, a trend here, and it may be just a matter of time until that trend is followed uh, with more and more social media applications out there. Okay. All right, guys. I'm trying to find this article. I, I always hate to pull my phone out, but I, I know we kind of last-minute pivot and shift on yeah. the sports section because we've got to talk about the jazz, and i I got to see if I can find this. I thought it was on... KSL. If if not, that's okay. We can. We Super can interesting because you. So the Utah Jazz over the years, they had this team, and boy, they had the best record in the NBA. Was it two or three years ago? And they looked really good. And so you had uh, Donovan Mitchell, you had Rudy Gobert, and those were kind of the uh, the two top guys uh, that the Jazz had. Uh, they brought in uh, Mike Conley. And and they certainly had uh, they had that that uh, one dude the the European dude who was a, a good uh, three point shooter and so there they were great regular season records and they would just struggle and struggle in the playoffs and and boy they could did they even make it to the Western Conference Finals the Jazz yeah no they they never made it out of the freaking Western semifinals. Yeah, I, and was, a lot of times they would blow it in the first round. Yeah, they oh. rarely made it out of the first round. I don't even know if if that core group did make it out of the first round. I, I mean, actually we did because we had that unique we, we situation. Went that we went to the game. Yeah. We're like, oh my gosh, Kawhi Leonard's hurt. We're gonna win, and then whatever oh Terrence hell. Mann goes off for fifty something points. And Weren't just, they up three games to one? Yeah, it was. They found a way to lose that series, didn't yeah, they? Oh, it was, that made me it was sick. crazy. So here's here's what happened. Uh, Danny Ainge, obviously a lot of people love Danny Ainge around here, BYU guy, um, comes in and, and starts just deconstructing this team who we thought, you know, we've got Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal. We've got a team, maybe we can compete. And 
after the first round exit last year said, you know what, this is bogus. These guys aren't winners. It, it's time to start over. And so we start dealing these these dudes out. And ultimately, what this with this post was saying is Donovan, Rudy, Mike, Joe, Royce, all eliminated in the first round of the playoffs with their new teams. And what we turned that into was nine first round picks, three pick really? swaps. Uh, that Laurie Mark McKinnon, I, I I struggle with his name. He's, I haven't followed he's a score, but he's yeah, a he scorer. was an, an all star yeah. guy. Colin Sexton, Walker Kessler. I mean, this really really good core group of young young guys plus nine first round picks. Like he's literally doing what he did in Boston when he brought them their their championship, and it's it's fun to see this unfold, but. It's awesome that they can see that. I've never felt like Donovan Mitchell all of a sudden gets into a sticky situation, feels like he just has to do everything and hook up these crazy threes that are just ridiculous, that that never seem to pan out. Rudy Gobert is punching his teammate in the face the night before the playoffs. That boy, Rudy. Getting suspended, right? Mike Conley, I think, has just aged a little bit. But it's it, it was awesome to see a leader come in and say, you know what? These guys are all-stars. But they're not winners. They don't have that clutch gene, and I'm not sitting here to mess around. And I think we've got to look at that like our business, too. If someone is a really, really high performer in the day-to-day, but they're not clutch, they they can't make it happen when it matters, then, you know, do you really want them on your team? And sometimes you have to be willing to make that hard decision. Yep. Sometimes you got to shake up the team. Um, you know, that's super talented. I mean, I, I can think of some really talented people we've had here at our business and at some point, they just they weren't clutch. They didn't follow through. They didn't have values and principles. And even though they were so talented, I mean, really, really talented uh, folks, we, we had to let them go. And, we, and, and that's a decision you've got to make as a business owner is it's better to have, you know, the right team and the right culture who are going to show up, who are going to give it all, who are going to get better day after day and versus the, those who are super talented. And those guys are super talented. But for whatever reason, the work ethic, the values, the principles, the follow through, coming through in the clutch, you couldn't count on them to do that. And that's why they never made it, didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals and had one of the top records in the Western, in the NBA, like year after year after year. And that's just, that's just a perfect example of something you don't want to have in your business and you don't want to have on your team. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Snyder, we also let our coach go, so... Our, our coach, or I don't know if it was a mutual thing, but he technically, they I thought they were done. Uh, Boston had him, had him dead to rights, and then that Trey, Trey guy yeah, shoots that it. really deep three and gets the win. So technically, we still got the coach in, Leo, but we'll oh, I'm we'll not see seeing it. it. Boston, will, <laughs> Boston will knock him off this yeah, next game here, they, and they'll, they'll be out. They will, but it's important to, like you said, be willing to part ways with people who aren't uh, following your principles, who don't have the same mindset and mentality as you, but also – taking a step back and saying, you know, what do I need to do right now to build and be prepared in the future if you're not ready to take that leap today? So um, props to Danny Ainge, props to the Jazz. I think they're doing some good things finally. Yep, no question, no question about it. I mean, he's a he was a champion as a player, played with uh, Larry Bird. I think Danny won uh, three championships uh, with Larry Bird as a player and then, of course, brought them the championship uh, with Ray Allen and, uh, Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce back in the day, and boy, they were they were one game away, just a, f- a few points away from beating the Lakers in a seven game series as well, and getting uh, another championship. And they uh, were very good at beating LeBron James. Like they beat LeBron almost every single playoff, except I think when they finally got a little bit older, then they finally lost to him. But yeah, 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I I haven't been getting into the NBA because the Jazz have just broken my heart year oh, after boy. year. But we'll see. I think things are trending in the right direction. So I'm sure, hope that so. that's the sports topic again. Draft tonight, exciting. But that's uh, right. That's right. Jump on this last topic here. So you still looking at Bryce Young going one? Bryce Young's going number one. I, All right. I who, think, who who do you think your next uh, three or four quarterbacks are going to be after Bryce? Um, Honestly, if it's me picking, I'm still going C.J. Stroud, even though, you know, he came out and ultimately said, look, I'm not a good test taker. I'm 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 a smart guy, but I am a not a good test taker. And I was kind of the same way. So I, I do resonate with that. I, I think he's a gamer. What he did in that that playoff game. Granted, I mean, yes, he's got all those receivers. I'm probably going C.J. Stroud with the second QB pick. And then um, from there, it's it's a toss up. I'd probably go Will Levis still. I. I know everyone thinks it's that Anthony Richardson guy, but I just don't. I think he's so far away from being NFL ready. If oh it ever man, even happens. his accuracy is not there, bro. Oh yeah, and it's now I don't know if he didn't have a great group group of receivers, but I think he had time to throw. I don't think his old line was terrible. And again, I haven't watched enough of it. But here was the other one. Here's here's my question about uh, Will Revis, the whatever his name Will is, Levis, uh, Levis yeah. at Kentucky. What about that Tennessee kid? Yeah. That Tennessee kid, yeah, Hooker, he played him, and the Tennessee kid killed him. Yeah. And uh, his stats and and just to uh, over against the same opponents, the Georgias and the really good, they're both in the SEC. I felt like he he performed way, way better. um, But this uh, Will kid is really getting a lot of hype. In fact, some people are saying, oh, he could go number one. And... Like physical gift wise, it looked like he was pretty similar. But as I went through, like the same opponents and that they played, the Tennessee kids seem to have played much better. Yeah, I think the Tennessee kid has a significantly better supporting staff around him. Oh, and that could um, that could be Kentucky's never been known for having like yeah. a bunch of talent. So yeah, that Levis made a lot of plays, and and they look at him, they look at his body, his physicality. He's similar to almost a Josh Allen, but. Um, I don't know if I'm super sold on on him either. I I think that Stroud and, and Young could have really good careers. Um, I think there's a bit of a drop off from there. Hooker is a very very talented QB. Um, the Georgia boy we just talked about it, Leo. There there's something Dude, about he's, he's dropping. What happened to Stetson? I I don't know. It, it could be the. Uh, I, I think he had some legal issues. I know he's well. He was he like got arrested for yeah. in, you know public indecent intoxication after winning the championship, which is pretty dumb for him. But yeah, wasn't wasn't like drinking and driving. <laughs> it wasn't like anything like really major. I think it's a misdemeanor. But I know his age and size, age and size are both hurting him. But there, there's something about winners. I mean, the kid knows how to fight. He knows how to battle. He knows how to win and. And I like to bet on people like that. And he executed. I mean, he was able to make all. If you're playing the top defenses, which year in and year out he did, and he could make the throws. Yeah. And he could also make the runs. Yeah. And he's a he's a thicker dude. Like he's not uh, he's not as uh, as uh, maybe thin and smaller as as Bryce Young. I mean, he's a thick kid who almost kind of Russell Wilson like, where he can take some hits. Yeah, I'll be curious to see uh, what happens with him, but. He's, he's not a Tim Tebow. I mean, he's very good at reading defenses and making great decisions, and he seems to be able to make, seems to be able to make all the throws. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him come out and surprise a lot of people. I still think he's late, maybe even sixth or seventh round. But It looks like it. Yep. It looks like it. 
All right, guys, our final topic here, we're going to leave you with a little fun one here. Business credit. What time my business has a credit score? I mean, I knew Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion are going to give me a personal credit score, but my business has a credit score too? What? Yeah, shockingly. And uh, thankfully, Leo, that that's an industry that's changed and uh -huh. adapted a lot over the last decade. But it seems like 10 years ago, it was just... You know, hopefully something's reported to Dun & Bradstreet and hopefully you figured out how to go out and uh, get your Dunn's number so that you were in Dun & Bradstreet system and they could actually give you a Paydex score because that was really like the, the number one go-to thing that lenders would look at. Now you've got Experian's uh, IntelliScore that's gaining a lot of traction. You've got um, Equifax that has a business credit score. Dun & Bradstreet actually has a few different scores now. So it's something that's evolved quite a bit and it oh, needed yeah. to, but it's still, especially with Dun & Bradstreet, it's this big game of, of purchasing credit worthiness and it's kind of bogus. It is like they, they want to sell you something, you call them up and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, it'll be $3,000. We're going to build your business credit for you. And you know, they, they really don't uh, do much for the money that they take historically. Now maybe that's changed. You know what I'm reminded of? I'm reminded of this uh, school in uh, Riverside County in Southern California. It was a private school and we were looking to get them uh, financing. I don't know why I was just really dialed into business credit at the time. And I, I pulled up their Dun & Bradstreet profile, and they had like a, an F score, like they, their, their, their Paydex score, I think it was like 32. So it was super oh, wow. low. And we looked into it, and we realized that literally the school that they had moved into, there was another business or school there and they had inherited just because they were in the same location, the bad credit score. And so that's what's happened here with personal credit. There's the Fair Credit Reporting Act. There's a lot more laws out there to protect consumers if there's something inaccurate being posted on credit, which happens, uh, you know, uh, maybe a little bit less than it used to, but it certainly happens uh, to people. And so they have they have recourse and a path that they can follow to dispute and maybe get those items removed that are negative and accurate. But if you're a business owner, it's a much more complicated process. And so if something's reporting inaccurately, like you've got to jump through some hoops. So we had to put together all this legal documentation to show, hey, this is a different business with a different name. It took 45 days. They eventually took it off. And that couple that owned that school um, $350,000 in 0% card stacking just among both of them. So it was like wow. a record. The lady, she was, she was a boss. She got over 200,000 in 0% cards, uh, a lot of them in the name of the business. And if we hadn't gotten that taken care of, like she would have gotten much, much less. And so that's, what's kind of concerning in this article is there isn't really a path that if something's incorrect on your business credit, to get that fixed. Yeah, it is. It's it, and it's one of these things where I have clients do this all the time. They they get rejected for a card, and they're like, "Oh, they said it's because I'm not with Dun and Bradstreet." And Dun and Bradstreet will literally say, "Yeah, if you're not registered in our system, something someone can try and report something on your business and pretty much toss it out the window because you didn't give us your money and get registered in the system." Hundred percent. I think it is getting easier to go get that Dun's number and find workarounds to not pay for it, but still, it's it's a messy, messy situation. Um, I would love to see something like the, like the Fair Credit Reporting Act come in and, and protect businesses as well because it's there's how many Leo like ninety million businesses gig when you look at gig workers oh, yeah. small businesses 100%. business credit is becoming just as vital as personal credit and we've got to kind of get a grip on this yeah you can't get an SBA loan without a good uh, FICO SPSS score which is taking into account your Dun & Bradstreet 
business experience and Equifax business scores. And so, yeah, you're right. Like it's more and more important to have good business credit and still a lot of people don't know about it and even fewer know how because the other thing that's super weird, like on your personal credit will say, oh, this account's with Chase or Bank of America or whoever it's with, right? But your business credit accounts, like they don't actually give you the names. You're not even sure who is this even with? And it, it's just kind of super confusing and not very, it's, it's not very transparent. And yet, but it's also transparent in the fact that it's not publicly protected, right? Your personal credit score, you have to give somebody authorization to pull your credit. But with business credit, it's public record. Anybody can check and see if you've got a good business credit score with Dun & Bradstreet because it's public record. But then you can't even find out, well, who's actually reporting for me? Like it's this nebulous secret society. It's kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I encourage you all. I mean, go if, if you're a business owner, go educate yourself. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of bogus content too. So make sure you're really, really doing your homework on business credit. No, you don't need to pay someone $10,000 to go get you a 85, 90 paydex score and a bunch of corporate credit with Quill and Uline and Home Depot. Um, if those things start coming up, I'd, I'd start to do some homework, but definitely educate your, yourselves on business credit because it's very real. It's not going anywhere. It's, it's a bogus game you have to play, but if you want to really get good business credit offers, you've, you've got to play the game right now. 100%, guys. The good news is if you go, do apply at sevenfiguresfunding.com, uh, we actually have a free gift that we can give you that will help you with personal and business credit and really educate you on the steps. And we give that away for free to people just for applying um, at Seven Figures Funding because, you know, we're on a mission to not only help business, you know, join the Seven Figures Club of, you know, only 7% of businesses get there, but to also educate and empower you about all the things related to business and credit that they didn't teach us in school. Awesome. Well, Leo, that's our 30 minute mark. These, Ooh, I kind of uh, like that. That was good. By. Yeah, that was good. That yeah. was good and quick. Go figure guys. Uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Any questions, comments uh, posted in the comments section, we'll answer those are great uh, videos for you. Be sure to like or give us a thumbs up or give us a thumbs down. If this one just sucked, give us a thumbs down and we'll get better next time. But if it was good, give it a thumbs up. Share it with other people. Share the show. Let's help small business owners join the Seven Figures Club and gain freedom for them and their family. God bless and we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure Podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.